they were some of the biggest valley moments for a lot of people's lives. But the amazing thing about God is that he's still faithful. That God's got a plan. Who knows that? And who knows that God's plan doesn't look like our plan. <laughs> and sometimes we need to understand that because sometimes we think that we know better than God. The creator of all beings. And it's important to come to the fact that we need to understand that his plan is perfect. We just need to adjust ourselves to his plan. So this morning we're going to talk about valleys and victories because a valley precedes a victory. When, when God in the Bible uses different characters, um, he actually illustrates that they went to a valley period in their life. But the, on the other side, if they were committed to stay with that journey, that path, there was a victory waiting at the end for them. But sometimes people don't want to go through the valleys. Who, who likes valleys? Where they kind of, everything's not what it's supposed to be. It could be a valley of uh, despair. I was in a valley of uh, depression one time. You feel like there's no way through. But God's got a plan. If you stick through that valley, there's a victory on the other side. And I keep on saying this because we need to start to understand that maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're going for a valley period in your life where you feel like, God, where are you? God, I can't hear you. Or God, why have you forsaken me? Who's felt like that sometimes? I'm putting my hand up because there's many times where I felt like, God, I can't hear your voice. But God's always speaking. The thing is that sometimes we're not always listening. Or it's not the answer that we want to hear. And so this morning, I want to just talk a little bit about this because some of our values could be, for us, we could think of it as a dead end street. But God sees it as a way through for victory. So it's not a full stop. It's not the end. And if you feel like your valley moment right now was the end, it's not the end. You've got to believe that. This is the faith step. This is the, God, I'm trusting you. Even if you come out in the 11th hour, I'm still trusting you. So this morning, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 23. A psalm that we hear all the time at funerals, and we know pretty well. But this psalm is about um, a shepherd. And the cool thing about the psalm is that David, who was a shepherd and became the king, he wrote it in the time where he actually understood what a shepherd, a good shepherd was. So from his perspective, he wrote these amazing words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some translations say forever and ever. And when we come to God, we, um, we read this, this scripture and we, sometimes we forget that, that in the scripture, David was a shepherd. His life before he was called into ministry or full-time becoming a king, he was a shepherd. He understood what it meant. So when you read this scripture, we need to understand he came from a, a perspective that he knew exactly what a good shepherd should look like. I want to just give us seven things. There's seven things 
And we know the scripture because there's seven redemptive names of God in the scripture. And if you don't know, you'll know this morning. So the first name is the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So straight away he reminds us. Now a shepherd in the old days was someone that led the sheep. It's not like Kiwi culture where you're going, you're whistling and you're telling the sheep. We were running down at Wanchu Hill and uh, I saw the, the sheep run across Wanchu Hill and we're going, man, where are they going? But there was a, a, two farmers on the far, far side and also dumb dogs and they were just trying to kind of put fear into the sheep to hurry up to get to a, a certain point. And the shepherd was whistling. He said, get me out, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the amazing thing is that sometimes we take that into our current situation, we think that's how Jesus is to us. Oh, get here, get here, get here. But actually, if you look at Middle Eastern, this is what you need to understand is that all the context is from that, that country. So when they look at Middle Eastern shepherds, they were ones that were led before. They walked in front. They led the way. And the sheep, as soon as they heard the voice of a shepherd, they followed. My question is, do you know the voice of the Father? Or are you listening to the voices of everyone else? Because there's so many voices out there. Who knows there's so many voices? And you can believe all the lies, and there's a big voice called Satan that tells you that all these things that you shouldn't be, but God reminds you everything that you will be. And that's important for us. The Lord is, we need to understand that, that we need to follow closely behind the good shepherd. That's why he starts off saying, I'm the shepherd. I'm leading, but you need to follow. See, sheep can be distracted. Sheep, you can be caught up in some distractions out there, but the shepherd's calling your voice saying, come, follow me. I'm going to lead you somewhere where you can be refreshed. Number two is Jehovah Jireh. I shall not want. The Lord is your provider. How many times have you got to a place where, man, I need income, or God said, oh, you're feeling like, where are you, God? I don't have enough to pay this week's bill. Who's felt like that? I know I have. But God's always come through. And God reminds us here that he's the provider. That no matter what you lack, he will provide for you. Number three, he says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Jehovah Sikhanu, the Lord is my righteousness. And when we come in um, relationship with the Lord Jesus, he makes us righteous because of what he does. It's not our own righteousness. It's not what we've done because we can't do anything. But because of the cross and because of what Jesus done on the cross for us, we understand something that is so important. And we say all the time that righteousness is, is something that we cannot do ourselves. We need Jesus. That's why Jesus is so important. And because of that sacrifice, we come as this this sinner, because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, we live our lives, we do our thing, but because of what Jesus done on the cross, he covers us with his righteousness. And what the Father sees, he doesn't see our ability, our charity, he sees the righteousness of Christ. So when he identifies you, he sees Jesus all over you because of his righteousness, not anything we've done. And we need to understand because sometimes we try and earn God's love. We try and go, God, I want to do this because it'll make you happier. 
No, no. What you need to understand is that when you come to Jesus and you have right relationship with him, his righteousness will cover you. And when you stand before God on judgment day, it's because of the son, of his son Jesus, because of his righteousness, you can actually stand before the Father. Because sometimes we think that we were doing it ourselves. We think it's us, but it's not us. It's not the pastor that's going to get you saved. Hello? It's not me. You can't stand before God one day and say, God, but I went to the gate. God, I knew Joseph. And God's going, mm, I know Jesus. God the Father goes, I know Jesus. That's the name that should be praised. See, and I say this all the time. We don't lift up people, we lift up Jesus. Because that's the bottom line. At the end of the day, when you stand before God Almighty, it's His Son that's going to be recognized. Not our good works, not our stuff, not our names, not our names in newspapers or names out there. People will know your name, but the important thing is, does God know your name? Because at the end of the day, that's what's important. And I'm so sure of this because sometimes we make it about a man, we make it about a woman, we make it about a person, but this person can't save anyone. I put a meme up a few weeks ago and I said, this guy can't save anyone. This guy here, Joseph, Samoan born, East Auckland raised, South Auckland living. This guy can't save you at all. What my function is to help you and point you to Jesus. Because it's all about him. 23.4 says, uh, on the same psalm, it says, They'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Coolio made that cool, eh? They'll walk through the valley of the... <laughs> I will fear no evil. You're with me. You're riding your staff. They come for me. Jehovah Shalom. God, your peace. Is God still your peace? I remember this um, story, and I shared this when we were in South Africa, and it's about uh, the story of the guys that actually jump in the boat with Jesus' disciples, his mates, his boys. And they go into the boat, and so they've just fed 5,000 people. All these miracles take place. It's amazing, eh? Because God's not really into, you know, God loves crowds, but he doesn't stay with crowds. He moves to the next thing, according to what the Father's will is. Sometimes we get caught up in moments. But you don't live in those moments. You've got to press forward and move into what God has called us to. So he gets into this place where he's teaching them all these great things are happening. And he tells them, we're going to go to the other side. And then they go into the boats and they get onto the boats and they go over. But before they leave the shore, Jesus tells them this one great um, teaching. And he tells them, you need to have faith as small as a mustard seed. He tells them that. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, why did he say that before they left shore? Because when they get into the boat, they go onto this boat and they're cruising along. Remember, all these guys, most of these guys are fishermen. So they, they know the seas. They know what, uh, what to expect. And then they're going across and what happens is, is a storm comes. Who remembers that story? A storm that takes place. And all of them are going, oh no, the end of the world. And then they're going, looking around, where's the, Jesus, where? And Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. Because Jesus is tired. He's fully God, fully man. So he's tired. His body is tired. And so they're going, oh no, this, no, this is happening and the Lord is sleeping. And so they go to him and they go, and it's amazing because when you read through it, he goes, they go, Rabbi, Rabbi, teacher, teacher. And I'm thinking to myself, they're going, Rabbi! 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 
Remember, these, some of these guys were fishermen. So you can imagine Peter's going, um, I've never seen this before. So he's getting, he gets up, and Jesus goes straight away. I can imagine this conversation. It's a short conversation. Roll eyes. Be still. <laughs> now, man, you guys have got small faith. This is his conversation. Man, a few words, but he means what he says. So he teaches them before they leave shore, and he teaches them about faith. And then a storm hits, a valley hits. And then he tells them, be still, the storm. See, Jesus, not, he's not worried about what's happening on the outside. He's worried about what's happening on the inside. Because those guys were caught up with what, the external things. But Jesus was more concerned about what's happening here. See, you thinking all the stuff around you, you're going, oh no, I can't pay this. Oh God, oh, my car's broken down. Oh, oh, something's happening in my marriage. God, where are you? And God's going, these things are happening, but it's important what's happening in here first. Because we're so caught up in the external, but we don't realize God's working on the internal and changing us from the inside out. And we understand that we need to understand that God's already told us, this is what I said, as small as a mustard seed, that's all you need. But yet they didn't activate their faith. They were so scared by their outside that they were caught up with the external stuff that they forgot about what was happening on the inside. And sometimes in life, to find peace, you need to understand that God is working on the inside of you. When the storms come, when the valleys happen, God is working on the inside of you. See, all the external things are, are things that just happen in life, but what's happening in you is more important to God. Why? Because it builds character. Why? Because it builds courage. Why? Because it builds consistency. Because when you start to see a hand of God move in your life, and you say, God, in this valley, wait a minute, I've seen you break through before. And you take hold of that and you go, no matter what comes my way, no matter what external things hit me, I know that God is faithful. And that should bring us peace. So when we talk about God being our peace, we need to understand that in those moments, we need to trust Him. This is crazy because they saw so many miracles on one side of the, the lake and they saw so many more on the other side. But some reason, human nature, we forget what God done before. Some of you have had miracle upon miracle upon miracle that only God could have done. But then you go, oh God, are you going to break through? God's going, hello. In this moment, right now, I'm building courage in you, building consistency. And I'm building you as a, as a person, building your character so you can trust me more. That's when you'll find peace. Next part is he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. Now this is interesting, eh? Because um, a lot of people teach on the table being a banquet. The actual table in this context is a shepherd. You've got to understand when you're reading text from the scriptures, you've got to read it within the context of the scripture and then the context of the book. So you can't take a text out. That's why a lot of people take texts out, use it as a meme, Put on Facebook and go, praise God, done my work this week. It's not about that. If you understand where that text has come from and the consequences of that text 
and how that fits in your life, you can understand the blessings that come from God. But in this text, it's actually not talking about a banquet table. When God prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies, it's a shepherd context. So it's actually talking about tableland. So it's actually talking about where a shepherd will take his sheep to feed and graze. And normally, it's at the top of a mountain. Why do you think you find heaps of sheep around Auckland at tops of mountains? Because the best grass is at the top of the mountain. So in the context of this, what he's saying is this. When it says the shepherd will go before you. So a shepherd in the Middle East had to do this. When they found a, temp- a table land on America, they called a mesa. Find it. They actually have to lead and actually go before the sheep. So this is, remember, you've got to put this into context of what we're talking about. It's talking about who Jesus is, okay? So when he goes before us, so before we get to our whatever we're facing, God's already there in front of us. So what he does, what a shepherd does is this. I'm going to read this out to you. So a shepherd would go before the sheep. He will remove any danger. It was common in the Middle East, there was a plant that the sheep weren't allowed to eat. It was called a cannas plant or cannas flower. It was very attractive. But if they ate it, it was poisonous. How many things in the world are so attractive? But yet we go, ooh, that looks good. And you eat it and you poison yourself inside out. And he would go before, he would prepare the waterways. He would actually go make sure there weren't any snakes or any predators in the area because what would happen is that when you brought the sheep up, the place had to be a place of rest where they can graze, eat, and sleep. Sometimes we get so worried that God hasn't gone before us. But he's already gone before us. We get caught up in our valleys that we don't realize that God has already gone before us to actually prepare a way for us. So when the enemies come, that God is already there preparing, making sure that there's enemies don't actually get a hold of us. That's a good shepherd. He's already preparing the place. So when you get there, it's already going, wow, what happened? Breakthrough. Oh, what happened here, God? Oh, there's fresh stuff here. There's fresh manna. There's fresh food. A new lease of life. All these things can happen. And that's what a shepherd would do. Would lead the sheep to a place where they can actually flourish, eat well, but also rest well. How much are you trusting the good shepherd today? How many of us need to understand that in those valleys, that God is with you? That he hasn't forsaken you? David understood the context of a valley because his first battle was in a valley. There was a person named Goliath that he had to fight. So when he reads out this, when he writes this wonderful poetry in the Psalms, because it is a poetic book, he writes it from a perspective of a shepherd, but also someone that knows what a valley is. So valley is not a full stop for us. Valley is a, there's something more to come. So if you're feeling in your heart that, oh God, where are you? I want to say this, God is right there with you. He's preparing a place for you in the presence of your enemy. Number six, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my, she- and my healer. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. 
So when sheep used to fight in the Middle East, uh, they used to hit heads, or the, the rams used to... Oh, bringing up rams again. <laughs> they used to get in fights all the time with themselves. <laughs> but what would the shepherd would do is actually take oil from his pouch and put it on their heads to actually take away any wounds so allow it to heal. And in that process, what it did was actually because um, if there were any open wounds or anything that was open, insects or pests couldn't go into it because the oil was so slippery. So it was a natural thing. But amazing, eh, how God looks after us, eh? He's our healer. If you're trusting God for healing, and a lot of people go, we're going for the healing, we're going to pray for someone with a, that, that doesn't have blind eyes, I mean, that has blind eyes and wants to be, see again, we're praying for people that have sore legs, we pray for that. But sometimes it's also the inner healing of someone. Praying for someone that's so caught up in life that is fully in despair. Because we're all about seeing the outward, but sometimes we need to pray for people that are going through some moments of despair and sitting with them, praying for them. God, bring them hope. Not just the physical stuff. Jehovah Shammah is the last part. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is present. I love the way that God finishes that psalm with that. No matter what you go through, no matter what valley you go through, God is present with you. He's, pre he's prepared a table for you in the, the presence of your enemies. He's gone behind you and He's also walking with you through it. See, the problem is this. When we look at valleys, we don't realize that valleys have to be walked through. You do not camp in your valleys. You cannot camp in a valley. Too many people are camping in valleys, are caught up in valleys where they actually feel like there's no breakthrough. But God wants you to go step by step, wake it through, break through, keep on moving. Just keep moving forward. And it's, even if it's a slow pace, it doesn't have to be a run. But even if you're just taking day by day, moment by moment, just saying, God, I'm, I know you're with me. And just saying, declaring that over your life, it's one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. Because when the enemy comes in and he reminds you how bad you are, he puts doubt in your mind. You can say, Jehovah Shammah, God is present with me. You can't rob me. You can't lie to me because I'm walking through this. I may not be living. I'm not going to live in this. I'm going through this no matter what happens. I'm pressing through. No one's going to stop me. No one's going to hold me back. I'm just going to go. Keep on moving. 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 The Bible says this, First Peter, the enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. John 10.10 10 says that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil's a liar, he's a thief, and he wants to rob you. Rob you from everything that God has called you to be. Don't believe the lie. And today, if you are living in a place where you feel like you've been in a valley too long. Trust God. 
that he will bring you through that valley. Because on the other side, there is a victory. But you need to trust that God will help you through that valley. And the great thing about God is that he surrounds you with others that have been through similar valleys. That you're not by yourself. That sometimes you may feel, I'm the only one that's going through this. And then you talk to someone and they go, I just went through it two weeks ago. God is faithful. When you hear testimonies of people that have had breakthrough, who's blown away? And it's similar to your story. And you're thinking, God, this is so amazing. And what it does is it actually gives you hope and courage to break through again. And trust Him that He will break through with you. Do you know we're on this journey? I've known many uh, people that are, are living, still living in their valleys. And it's a sad thing to see Christians still living in valleys. Because they're relying on the old stuff, that they, old testimonies, the old stories. But every single day in our lives, God is doing something new. Every single day, God is doing something new, brand new, refreshing. But we need to have open eyes to see that and say, God, wow, I just had this breakthrough. I get so encouraged, and this is me speaking as me. I get so encouraged when I hear stories from people in this house of them finding their breakthrough. What it does to me is that if I'm praying for something and I'm trusting God for something, it gives me courage and it gives me faith that God is able. And you probably think, but, but Joe, you're the pastor. You, know, you must have had many things that God's given you. Yeah, but I still go through valleys, just like you. And if someone from the front here tells you that they don't go through valleys, I'll tell you that that person's a liar. I'll be straight up. Because every one of us go through valleys. Because every one of us need victories every single day. And why I'm so sure about this is that we're going through a valley right now. Now we're praying, we're trusting God for some things. But guess what? We're trusting God. We're not trusting the man. We're not trusting the person. We're trusting God. And we know that he's gone before us. He's been with us. He's with us in that moment. But we're going to trust him and trust and put our faith in him. Let's all stand to our feet. Hope this was encouraging. I know some of you are going through some valleys yourself. John, do you want to? Thanks, bud. Now just before we go into have um, fellowship and cup of tea and, and catch up, just, can I say that um, the, in, in the cafe, cafe is not just about eating, it's about also praying for each other and just believing with each other. Um, cafe is just designed that we can sit down and do that and also have some food. But there's got to be more uh, to what we do here at church. You know, There's more, so much more. And that's why I want to just say this, that Whatever you're going through, whatever valley might be, I'm not saying that everyone is in a valley. I know some people are actually on a mountaintop right now, and that's cool. They stay in that place, but there will be valleys that will come because God's always wanting to grow us, wanting to shape us, and God takes us through those places so He can refine us. So don't ever feel, honestly, don't ever feel like God's forgotten you if you feel like, God, where are you in those valleys? No, He actually loves you. That's why He takes you through that. 
Because He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to turn your eyes on Him. So this morning, we're just going to close our eyes and we're just going to, whatever valley you're going through, whatever season you're in right now, I want you to ask God, God, whatever's in front of me, whatever, if it's a valley, Lord, help me, Lord God. That's cool. People responding to that. And you've got to trust God for yourself. It may be a, an issue with a relationship, a broken relationship. Maybe an issue with family. Maybe an issue with yourself personally. Maybe an issue with some things that you're praying through for your business. Or maybe just yourself. You can, man, God, I need you. I'm going to just pray. And um, you're going to pray to God yourself. Father, I just want to thank you this morning. God, I just want to thank you for you being so good to us, Lord God, that you lead us, Lord God, that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies, Lord God, that you are Jehovah Shammah, God, you're present with us, Lord God. And Lord, just like the disciples on that boat, Lord God, sometimes we can feel so anxious about what's happening around us. But Lord, I just want to thank you that you're doing something in us to help us, to grow us, Lord God. And Lord, this morning we pray, Lord God, that you see your people here this morning and what they're going through. And I pray this morning, Lord God, that you would speak to them. That you would minister to them this morning, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Just as every eye is closed, I want to ask this. And I ask this. If you're sitting here this morning or standing here this morning and you don't know who this good shepherd is, the Bible says his name is Jesus. And the Bible also says he's the way, the truth, and the life. That there's no other way to heaven except through him. There's a place called hell that was created and God doesn't want us to go there. That's why he had a way for us to come into right relationship with the Father through Jesus. And I want to invite you this morning. If you're sitting here, you're standing here this morning and you do not know Jesus. Maybe you've read about him. Maybe you've seen a movie about him. But if you don't know him personally, he is your way into heaven. He's the only way. There's no other way. And his name is Jesus. And if you're standing here and you don't know him and you want to know him this morning, I want to ask you to say, that's me, Joe, that's me. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. Man, I want to know this Jesus. I want to start this journey. If that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand and say, yeah, pray with me, Joe. I need to know this Jesus because I don't want to get to the end of my life and actually realize I missed out because I, I carried on doing my own thing. I want to live with purpose and live for you. So if that's you this morning, and if you don't know Jesus, I would love to pray with you this morning. Just throw up your hand and say, that's me, man. I need prayer. I want to get this journey started with my Savior. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we can come into right relationship with you, Lord God. Father, I just want to thank you for making the way through Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that there's no other way that anyone can be saved unless it's Jesus. And we are so fully in agreement with that, Lord God. And this morning, we thank you, Lord God, for great stories and testimonies 
that sit in this room, Lord God. We want to give you the glory and the honor. I'm going to give you praise this morning, Lord God. We thank you, Good Shepherd, for leading us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have some prayer at the end for those that need prayer. I know a few people wanted some prayer. But let me say this um, just before we go. Sheep always follow the shepherd closely. Follow Jesus closely. Follow him closely. How do you do that? Every single day, learning more about him through his Bible, through his word. Fellowshipping with others who will encourage you in your faith. Because that's why we have church, because it's brothers and sisters together, on this journey together. And awesome thing about Jesus is that everyone in this room, most of us actually know him personally. So we can get to talk about him, boast about him, praise him. So follow him closely. Though, I said it before, don't follow a man. Follow Jesus. Amen. Bless you all. There's some prayer. If you need prayer, I know we're going to pray for, we're going to pray for some people after this. But if you need prayer, come on to the front. We're going to get some team around you. Ten coffee next door.